Hey guys, I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my secret weapon in the podcasting world. That's Anchor. It took years for me to make this podcast. Between finding a co-host that I loved and building the confidence I needed, getting started was rough. And when I was finally ready, I needed a place to host my episodes. Enter Anchor. Anchor is a great free platform and it contains a ton of creation tools that you can use from your computer or your phone. They even distribute my podcast for me, which is why you can easily find this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and so many more. And did you know that you can make money from your podcast with absolutely no minimum listenership? Yeah, that's right. No minimum listenership. Anchor has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. This podcast contains opinions that may differ from yours. If you would like to share your own opinions, we ask that you behave like an adult. Your opinion matters, but your poor attitude is not welcome. It's scary. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode nine of Can I Just Say, (laughs) which we never say. Nope. Yeah, I think we might. Today we're going, oh, oh, wait, I'm, what, huh? I think you do say it. Do I? Because I feel very, like, conscious of every time I attempt, like, I I think about saying it. I think I've heard you say it a couple times. I I think, I I think you have said it a couple times, but it's not, and I don't care, obviously, but it's funny. Yeah, it's it, it's it's weird because ever since we started this, I'm like super conscious of how often I say it, mm-hmm. which is why I picked the name. Right. Because I say it all the time. But now every time I'm like, can I just say I feel so cliche, like, pretentious, cliche, and cliche <laughs> when I say it. It's like in um, My Favorite Murder, they they made their uh, their studio called the Exactly Right Studio. Oh, yeah. And Karen always says that's exactly right and it's so funny when they say it and then she goes oh my god I said it and I'm like how do you not know that you're about to say it like it's constantly in my head well because it's probably don't be the douchebag that (laughs) it's just second nature you know you say it so you're so you're so used to saying it you don't even realize it and then you're like ah fuck (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's what it is yeah but anyways, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Amanda. That's Amanda. That's me. She has blue hair now. It's blue That's and... She had purple and hair and now it's blue. And it's super short it's, and purple. And it's, got, it's purple in the back. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, it's got purple in it still. Okay, is I, it purple like throughout the front? Yeah, it's everywhere. Like, well, because okay. I, I cut, okay. put the blue over the purple. But it's really okay. fun. So it's like mermaid hair. From this... From this... See? Angle. It looks just per- blue. And okay, now I see the purple. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It, when you switched it over to the back, I saw more purple yeah. than I did in the front. It's okay. fine. Yee. That makes more sense. Okay. So this week we are going to talk about Scientology. And this is the part one of two because I <laughs> fell very hard into that rabbit hole. I mean, no. <laughs> I went you deep, don't do y'all. that. <laughs> deep. Oh, man. And I actually wrote this. I mean, there's, I, and, and <laughs> researchers around the globe are going to be absolutely appalled. <laughs> However, I used Wikipedia for everything. However, mm-hmm. I have watched and read enough about Scientology yes. to know when I read something that isn't 
right? Right. That you can double so, check. Yeah, I fact checked a lot of the stuff yeah. that I read just to be sure. But the vast majority of everything that I got is from Wikipedia. I also, quote unquote, paraphrased quite a bit. So whoever wrote the Wikipedia article... But, I'm giving you credit. But that's I don't the thing know with Wiki- you Wikipedia. You can go in there and edit it. So there's literally anybody people who are writing it. Yeah. So anybody. It could be my grandma it could. for all I know. Shit, it could be my dog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> all that could be wrong. Mm. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I went with it because nine times out of ten, Wikipedia has some pretty decent information. Yeah. I mean, I've read some stuff that was like, I remember when Obama's page got changed to something really ridiculous. And I remember I had gone in there and I was like, that's not right. Yeah. Just because people yeah, like to be dicks. Oh, we should totally fuck with Trump's. Oh, God, that would be glorious. Then we're going to have Secret Service. Before we, <laughs> before we get uh, going, because this is going to be long. This is two parts. And this week we're going to cover... The vast majority of L. Ron Hubbard's life. Mm-hmm. And then we, we're going to give a very, I mean, we're going to, we're going to dip our toe into Scientology and like the basics of what it is, what they do, and the different and get branches into the meat of next it. Time. We're going to get deeper next week well and also just a little fyi (laughs) i did not look up fun facts since we're gonna spend a lot of time on this that's okay (laughs) that is fine unless our unless our listeners are gonna be sad i doubt it then you might have they're like shut these bitches up (laughs) they're like oh my god why do i listen to this every fucking week because you love us so we don't want to take too much of your precious time (laughs) Uh, any tiny victories this week, Amanda? My photo shoot went really well. Oh, yeah, you did. Yes. did. That was this week. It did go really it well. It did. Chelsea's, I'm really excited to see Chelsea's how it, how it seen comes some out. pictures, and the models were great, and everything came together good, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. They were gorgeous models. Girl, they rocked that shit. I'm telling you. And the hair that the hair people did, like, was totally perfect. So, oh, yeah. I, and, the, and the food... Did that not look amazing? I mean, I wouldn't eat it because it had a lot of stuff in it that I don't like, but it looked... It was beautiful. The colors. It was gorgeous. The peaches. Yeah, yeah. The the peaches were... Amazing. The peaches were me. I did that. You did the peaches? Those were... Those looked so good. I wanted to eat all those peaches. The colors, he said, the colors would be amazing, and they were, so... Now, I will admit that I'm not as I I'm not as blown away in love with it as I am with your last year's because I am mm-hmm. just obsessed with last year's. <laughs> really? Ob fucking obsessed. See, it, this this year's is definitely number two. No, that will always be forever number one to me. Well, see, I don't care what what else you do. And that's just funny because we we definitely felt that this year's was on a much grander scale. It was much more. Um, very elegant yeah well it looked more uh magazine-y for sure you know like oh yeah like oh yeah more like a spread for like sure. that so and but we mm-hmm. had told everybody but i we want it to be more haute couture versus like yeah. i'm at a wedding and i think that you nailed that Yay! for sure 
I'm excited. I'm excited. But I just love the aesthetic of last year. Yeah. The aesthetic of last year. And the was colors. Like so up my butt. The colors were amazing last year. So they were. Oh, the flowers. Oh. I know. I know. I know. So what about you? I don't know what my tiny victory. Well, okay. I mean, I guess my tiny victory, we finally ordered the radiator parts for yes, my Yes. Get that bitch And fit. if you don't know me personally, back in December... I was backed into by a county snowplow. Who should be fucking paying for Michigan, this. in Michigan, I know, in Michigan, they rape you in the butthole for insurance costs <gasps> if you don't have a perfect credit score. What's, what, Amanda? Did you, what? you know that now there's that new law, right, it, it, that's in effect uh-huh. for your, where your health insurance is primary? It will go, it will not be on my current policy why it'll be on my next policy well because ours they called us and they're like do you want to switch right now and we're like uh yeah so we're literally saving half ours i don't even know i don't think i don't think ours is that affected because we don't have full coverage on our vehicles oh okay yeah so you carry plp and that's what i I was about to say before you so rudely interrupted me with your waving wacky waving inflatable arms i know Um, yeah, so if you don't have a, per- a near-perfect credit score, your car insurance, rate- insurance rates go through the roof, mm-hmm. which someone explained to me how my poorness affects my ability to keep my eyes on the road, because I don't know. <sighs> That's fucking annoying as but, shit. Ugh, whatever. So we've always had liability. Mm-hmm. And in the state of Michigan, when you get in a car accident, quote-unquote, no matter what, you're supposed to get this $1,000, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a payout from the state mm-hmm. where they just give you $1,000. But because it was involving a county vehicle, of course, they were like, yeah, well, she shouldn't have been that close. And me, me, me. And I was like, well, you shouldn't have like backed up in a busy intersection. Mm-hmm. But they don't care. Well, my, So I didn't even get that. My uncle um, in Ottawa County down here, uh, it was, you know how they will use the trucks and put the blades down to level dirt roads. So mm-hmm. he was a mail carrier and <clears throat> these guys who were doing it decided to, you know, go one this way and one that way, which is fine. But normally they put, you know, water down so the dust doesn't kick up. Well, they weren't doing yep, that. The brine mix or whatever. Yeah, well, they weren't oh. doing that. And freaking blade plow right into my uncle's LLV and smashed his pelvis. And uh, so my uncle got a nice couple million dollar settlement. Oh, nice. Which he deserved. He can't work or anything now. Right. My dad, a few years ago, was driving to work during a quote unquote state of emergency where they told everybody to stay home because of the, the snow. Oh, but yeah. you can't tell everybody to stay home because they not everybody is allowed to just take a day nope. off work and you can't and i don't know if this is the same in other states but in michigan there's no law stating that they have to let you stay home nope. so um my dad being my dad which honestly he could have taken a vacation day he just didn't, didn't. <laughs> um he went he was on his way to work and literally he lives they live in this teeny tiny town there's like one stoplight oh, no. and they live on the road that the stoplight is lives on oh, god he went 
two blocks down the road, stopped at the stop sign. There was a backhoe that was clearing like a big pile of snow out of the middle of the road and moving it to the side. My dad saw the backhoe, thought that the guy driving it saw him and continued to turn. And when he started to turn, the backhoe came around and literally took the top off of my dad's car. My dad literally could have fucking been decapitated. Uh, oh, he totally could have been. Holy shit. But he didn't. He wasn't. And this, the Cape city of K-Pak, if that's even what it could be called, the village of K-Pak, only gave them that $1,000 payout. Fuck that, dude. That's mm-hmm. so not right. Like, I mean, I, my like parents said, have full coverage and everything, so it was all covered not, and they didn't have to pay anything. Point. But the still, point is, is not yeah, the point. It might, be, it might be a state of emergency, but like you said, I, I can't call. If I call in... Within and don't give twenty four hour notice, they can technically write me up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and, and if you're you get, confident if you driving get, in that weather, right. then you go. Anyways, let's get into the shit. All right, let's do this. Music. I think that needs to be played, please. All right, you guys. Um, I know everybody. Okay, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people know what Scientology is. Mm-hmm. But we are going to go our real deep in this bitch, mm. all the way back to 1911. Woo! 1911. Was that uh, when he was born? Yes. Okay. Hubbard, so, really? Yes. Get your tinfoil yeah. hats ready. We are deep Get your Play-Doh, Play-Doh wieners ready. Get your Play-Doh wieners ready. <laughs> Linda's got hers. It's a long, skinny wiener. What kind of wieners you've been around, but. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this story that I'm about to tell is wholly important to why Scientology is so bad and incredibly corrupt and intrinsically just wrong. Fucked up. I think I used that word right. Intrinsically. Okay. Lafayette Ronald Hubbard, more commonly known as. Lafayette. <laughs> okay. As soon as you say that, I instantly go to the man from True Blood. And I loved him. He was my favorite. We've talked about this. Okay, sorry. Look at how excited she gets when she hears her dog bark. Well, I'm surprised I can hear him. He's a little fucker. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. More commonly known as Elron Hubbard. Because who would want to know? Who would want to go by that? name yeah right was born on march 13th 1911 he fucking old he was mm-hmm. born to ladora may waterbury a teacher and harry ross hubbard a u.s navy officer LaDora. during the 19 19- what ladora yeah yeah sorry 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 <laughs> that's fine during the 1920s the hubbards moved all over the country and overseas at and overseas at times i Sometimes I don't read with a good cadence. <laughs> Sometimes bad. I don't word. Sometimes they don't word. <laughs> Hubbard was, an, was active in Boy Scouts and earned the rank of Eagle Scouts in 1924. What a fucking badass. <laughs> I think he was like 13 when he, I don't, math is hard. <laughs> <laughs> in 1928, he was expelled from high school due to failing grades because he's dumb. Prior to his expulsion, he had worked on the school newspaper, which may be where he first found his passion for writing. After his expulsion, he moved to Guam to live with his parents, who had relocated there prior... Relocated there the prior year. Are you okay over there? I'm just like... So, he was 
Hold on. He was in high school, failed out, but his family had already moved to Guam? They moved, um, yeah, so he had, they moved to Guam and he, like, attempted to, but he didn't like it, so he moved back and he moved in with his oh. grandma or something. Yeah. Okay. So they stayed in Guam and they sent him back because he's a douchebag. Okay, gotcha. So after his expulsion, he moved to Guam to live with his parents who had relocated there the prior year. During his time with his family, he did a lot of writing, mostly short stories, to pass the time. Shortly after, he failed the Naval Academy entrance exam. Gee, and then he was later failure. ruled out. I know. He was later ruled out as a candidate for any military careers due to being diagnosed with myopia, which is basically a fancy word for nearsightedness. So at the time, he was ruled out for it. But then we'll find out that he actually ends up going. In. Oh. Yeah. I don't understand how you can be ruled out for being nearsighted. <laughs> Well, I mean, oh, it's whatever. crazy. I think you can be ruled out for, like, asthma and shit, so... Yeah, you can. Uh, subsequently, Hubbard decided to pursue a, a career in engineering, which he failed miserably at, but Jesus! that didn't stop him from later claiming that he was a nuclear physicist. Oh, sweet baby oh. Jesus. Ultimately, he left college after being put on academic probation and failing at all the other adventures he tried to go on. Jesus, dude. Like, come on. I know. By 1933, he had gotten a woman named Margaret pregnant. They married in April of that year and welcomed a son in May of 1934. They had a miscarriage in between there, so the son was born a little later than expected. They then had a daughter in 1936. While they resided in Laytonville, Maryland, they were chronically short of money. I wonder why. Right. Homie can't be home, do anything. He's a fucking failure. Homeboy was not good at the finances. He, he was, homeboy wasn't good at life. He seemed like the kind of guy who wanted to do nothing and get paid for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Very know a much. people like that. Yeah. Um, during the 1930s, Hubbard worked to become a prolific writer for Pulp Fiction magazines. He barely held things together for his family with the money he earned from writing. And according to former colleagues, he wrote, quote, unquote, at lightning speed and would churn out over 100,000 words a month. Dang. A month. That's crazy. In 1937, he released his first full-length novel, and in 1938, he wrote the script for *The Secret of Treasure Island*, which was later picked up by Columbia Pictures. So really? he was a really good writer, and I think wow. this really—the reason that I wanted to go into his life so much is because it paints a picture as to why and how he created Scientology. Because right, right. As you'll find out as I keep going, it all ties in and it makes so much sense as to why it he is was the way what he it was. is and the was and the way he yeah and the way he was and he was okay. the was the way he was i don't he was he okay. woozy wazzy i'm gonna take a drink <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna make uh, a mustache out of play-doh fantastic <laughs> <laughs> In 1941, he was finally accepted into the Navy after erroneously, this is what fucking gets me, writing a letter of recommendation for himself oh. when a close friend of his, a state representative named Robert Ford, allowed him to use his personal letterhead to do so. Wow. And then he signed it. Yeah. It blows my mind. <laughs> Eventually, and that's not the first time. Oh, my God. And that's not the first time he does that. Eventually, he began constantly reporting in sick. Now, this happened. He had done some blah, 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 yada, yada in the Navy. I don't know military speak. And it's clear that 
to me that because his dad was in the Navy, he wanted to be in the Navy. So he, quote unquote, worked really hard at doing it. I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking smack you. He worked really hard at doing it. And so when he got into it and he essentially failed at something. So is that Ford? Is that relation to Gerald Ford too or no? I don't know. I'm it just curious be. because it's Maryland and, you know, D.C. and. Yeah. You know, it I'm just ha- curious. It could be. It could be. Hmm. Not sure, though. I didn't look into it. But um, so he, while he was in the Navy after a few years, he was captaining a ship and okay. he accidentally uh, went into Mexican territory. Okay. So he got in trouble. I'm not sure exactly like what the extent was, but he was still in the Navy. And then after that, he started to report sick. He was claiming to have ulcers and back pains and even malaria. I mean, he was like constantly in the sick unit. Yeah. And I think it's because he was embarrassed. Because if you know anything about L. Ron Hubbard, he's he doesn't he's like Donald Trump. Don't laugh at him. Mm hmm. Don't yep. make fun of him. Don't don't or he's gonna point go out his failures. Yeah, or his flaws. So yep. I think that when that happened, he was like, uh, he needed to. I don't know. It was like his way of getting out of having to go back to quote unquote right work. and having to face people be like, oh, so you exactly you, uh, put us in the Mexican waters, blah blah blah. Right. Even though he isn't, he just got like written up for a slap on the wrist. He couldn't. He couldn't right. face it any further than that. Okay, so while in the hospital for quote unquote observation for three months. Oh my God. Captain Crazy Pants wrote a letter to himself saying, quote, Your stomach trouble you used as an excuse to keep the Navy from punishing you. You are free of the Navy. He's fucking losing it. He so, eventually but, went but from listening to that freaking podcast today that's totally pulling all that shit into play. Well, so, and we will get to that because this yeah, is a technique yeah. that is commonly used in Scientology yep. and it's not necessarily crazy. No. We will get into that mm-hmm. soon, eventually. I, I think. <laughs> yeah. He eventually went inactive in the Navy in 1946 and ultimately he resigned from his position um, after the publication of Dianetics in 1950. And we're going to get into that shortly here. Um. And he did end up getting, like, a pension or whatever or disability oh, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he survived on between when he was inactive. Wow. Yeah. Um, according to Hubbard, Hubbard himself, his family abandoned him and essentially left him as a, quote, unquote, hopeless cripple and a probable burden upon them, his words. However, his family paints a, paints a completely different picture. According to his daughter, his wife had refused to uproot their children from their home in Washington And their marriage was on the rocks because of it. Hubbard wanted her to follow him around, but she wasn't all for that military travel life. She wanted to have her family in one spot. Yeah. Um, So in 1945, Hubbard moved into the Pasadena mansion of Jack Parsons. And this is just like the first known recorded incident of him like swindling his way into somebody's life with... Mm -hmm no reason so he moved in with jack uh parsons was a rocket propulsion researcher who worked at the california institute of technology so he was super smart super wealthy well during the day parsons was a fantastically smart man he had a secret life as a full-fledged occultist and themalite themalites are 
Thelemia, Thelema occult. I'm not, I didn't do a lot of research right. into it, but apparently it's like a super popular occult. Yeah. Um, it was developed in the early 1900s by Aleister Crowley. Oh. And if you've ever watched Supernatural, <laughs> that is actually where the name Crowley? comes from. That's where they got Crowley from. I yeah. loved Crowley. He's na- he, yeah, he's, he's, port- he's a, they, what am I trying to say? They created that character based on the Aleister Crowley. Was the Aleister Crowley mm-hmm. Irish too? I'm not sure. I didn't look I'm into just, him. Now I'm just. Could be though. I mean, interesting. Very interesting. I thought that was a really cool connection. No, it is. And, and I I've love seen Supernatural. I, I watched Supernatural up until it got stupid. So I do know <laughs> a bit about it. <laughs> the first seasons were definitely the best. I got. I had enough when they started with the whole religion thing. Oh. They were pushing. They made it too obvious that they were trying to push their religion. Yeah, religious. Yeah. I mean, I still watched it, but I, I, I want to love- know. I just want to know what happened. I don't feel the need to watch it anymore because I'm just. I'm so right. Beyond. I don't like when people do that. Push that. No. Yeah. No. It, it didn't and start like, out as a religious show. Hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. It didn't start out as a religious show. No. So there was no reason in my mind for it to have taken such a hard turn towards it. Oh, yeah, it was it. a hard turn, too. It wasn't a sprinkling. It was like, oh, one minute we're... In Bam, Christ this man's minute, an angel. full-on religious. Yep. It was not... Mm-hmm. I wasn't there for it. <laughs> and it also got to the point where I was, like, so confused, but because they weren't... it. W- it was catering a lot to people who understand religion, yeah, and yeah. Christianity. And I was I, like, I don't understand. I'm not gonna lie. I watch it now for Dean, right? Oh, I <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Jack Parsons wrote, presumably in his own journal, "quote Hubbard is a gentleman. He has red hair, green eyes, is honest and intelligent, and we have become great friends. He moved in with me about two months ago." And although Betty and I are still friendly, she has transferred her sexual affection to Ron. Oh, oh, his wife? Girlfriend, I think. Although he has no formal training in magic, he has an extraordinary amount of experience and understanding in the field. From some of his experiences, I deduce that he is in direct touch with some higher intelligence, possibly his guardian angel. He describes his angel as a beautiful winged woman with red hair whom he calls the Empress and who has guided him through his life and saved him many times. This is the most thelemic person I have ever met and is in complete accord with our own principles. Wow. Hubbard became very enthusiastic about collaborating with Parsons on his cult, this cult, not his cult, they were in, and in 1946, they collaborated on a summoning incantation to summon, summon Babylon, the supreme oh. Thelemite goddess. Oh, just wait. After Jesus. several days... <laughs> I can't make it through this paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> After several days, they summoned an elemental who would participate in sex oh. magic. Oh, yes. okay. All right. Sex magic. Elementals, got it. <laughs> Richard Metzger was described it. Quote, Parsons used his, quote, magical wand to whip <gasps> up a vortex of energy so that Are we talking magical wand as in magical penis? Wait for it. <laughs> Translated into plain English, Parsons jerked off in the name <gasps> of spiritual advancement whilst Hubbard 
referred to as the scribe in the diary of the event, scanned the astral plane for signs and visions. So here's what I'm imagining in my head. They had a circle. I am imagining. No, I'm imagining they're on a ship in their mind. And Parsons is vigorously masturbating in the background. (laughs) And then there's Hubbard at the helm with his fucking Navy hat on. And he's like, land ho! Seriously, what the (laughs) Parsons just fucking going to town in the back. He's going to town. And then he's like, hold on, I got seawater on my neck. It's salty. After reading this, I clicked on the jerked off link within Wikipedia and was humored to find numerous ancient paintings of men and women masturbating. So if you have a moment in your day and you need a good chuckle, go search jerked off in Wikipedia. That's hilarious. You will not be disappointed. (laughs) I was just impressed that that was highlighted. That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. Oh, my God. Anyway, after their weird summoning and masturbation, Hubbard and Parsons decided to start business together. Because why not? Because why not? (laughs) Hey, I saw you jerk your gherkin. We're good to go. (laughs) Jesus. The the pair had differing ideas of what to do, and this is where everything went to hell. Okay. So they quabbled about the money that mo- that they put together but mostly parsons had contributed parsons contributed the vast majority of well, what yeah, they had he wasn't come working. up with right hubbard attempted to flee the country with his new wife sarah the one he stole from jack oh but oh, they okay. were sabotaged by a pesky storm and the company was ultimately resolved and parsons basically lost everything while hubbard and his lovely new wife just moved on unscathed wow and parsons eventually had to sell his mansion to recoup his loss oh he had a so mansion yeah, he was really, really wealthy. Hot yeah. damn, dude. Now and that just happen? says, that's just like Hubbard's M.O. was like hang out with rich people and reap the reward. And eventually. Because well, yeah. he was, was a user. Was a, um, what Leech. was a, the that con artist, the um, the Rockefeller guy that pretended to be a Rockefeller, but he wasn't. Uh, he went I by know Chris, what you're talking Chris, about. Chris, 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 uh, Chasher, Chasher, Chasher. What the fuck was his name? I can't remember. I can't. But the, uh, he pretended to be a Rockefeller, and he mm-hmm. was a nobody, and he somehow managed to amass a wealth from mm-hmm. literally just hanging out with rich people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's insane. Incredible. Um, one of Hubbard's writing friends wrote, quote, the more complete story of Hubbard is that he is now in Florida living on his yacht with a man-eating tigress named Betty alias Sarah, another of the same kind. He will probably soon thereafter arrive in these parts with Betty Sarah, broke, working the poor wounded veteran racket for all it's worth and looking for another easy mark. Don't say you haven't been warned, Bob, Robert Heinlein. Thanks, thinks Ron went to pieces morally as a result of the war. I think that's fertilizer, that he has always been that way. But when yes. he wanted to con- conceal or get something from somebody, he could put on a good charm act. Yep. What the war did was to wear him down to where he no longer bothers with the act. Yep. Yep. I agree. Now he's just a total shithead. Douchebag. <laughs> Sometime around 1947, Hubbard wrote these affirmations in a notebook. Quote, your eyes are getting progressively better. They became bad when you use them as an excuse to escape the Naval Academy. You have no reason to keep them bad. 
quote, your stomach trouble you used as an excuse to keep the Navy from punishing you, you are free of the Navy. Quote, your hip is a pose. You have a sound hip. It never hurts. You should, your shoulder never hurts. Quote, your foot was an alibi. The injury is no longer needed. Quote, you can tell all the romantic tales you wish, but you know which ones were lies. You have enough real experience to make anecdotes forever. Stick to your true adventures. Quote, this is a good one. This is by far the best one. Oh, God. Masturbation does not injure or make insane. Your parents were in error. Everyone masturbates. Well, I mean, you ain't wrong. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. If you know anything about spiritualism, though, you will know that these affirmations were a way of manifesting things into existence. Mm -hmm. It's something a lot of people do in current times, and it's sort of a law of attraction type thing. So you can man it. Like, if you sit and think hard enough about your nose itching, Oh, yeah, Eventually, definitely. your nose will itch. It's like so psychosomatic. So if you're trying to, oh, yeah, so like if you really don't want to go to work, you can essentially manifest a stomach ache that makes you throw up. Mm-hmm. These are things that are psychologically evidenced. People can make themselves believe they're pregnant and have pregnancy symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, that's exactly. not surprising at all. So all he's doing, as crazy as it seems, is he's he's convincing himself that he doesn't have these ailments. And, and whether he, uh, like, manifested them into existence initially, right? he convinced himself that they were real to the point where they became real to him. And now he's manifesting them away. It's not. It's kind of crazy, but it's not as crazy as it well, seems. It's, it's, it's almost the crazy like a self-help. Is... Yeah. I mean, honestly, you yeah. think about it. Like, stand in the mirror, look at you. I'm this. I'm that. You got this. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I mean, it's the same and basic I, thing. You know, we talked about, was it last week that we talked about Rachel Hollis or the week before? I think it was a week before. But when we talked about Rachel Hollis, that's one of the things that she actually says to do is to write in a journal every morning and say, I am a mil. You know, if that's what you want, if you want to be a millionaire, you write in your journal. I am a millionaire. I have a five bedroom house. I live in California. I have uh, amazing health care. I have a large savings account because it puts that mindset into action. It, yeah. Which in some, in it, some people take it too far, but the idea is not necessarily to give yourself false positivity or a false sense of self right it's the law of attraction works where you put out you put into the world what you want and you get it in return yeah yeah Yeah. so you you say these things i am a millionaire i am a blah 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 and it doesn't necessarily mean that you then go put on your most expensive pair of shoes and walk around and act like a millionaire but you're putting it out into the universe and you're saying these are the things that I want and you're hoping that in return the universe will then well yeah because I mean give if you, you have the opportunity if you carry to become yourself that. a certain way I mean right. pe- people will notice that and you mm-hmm. can totally see like oh yeah they you know blah 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 this and that they really want this and you can tell and you know so I mean it's yeah. not yeah it's, it's not, not completely off base no it's a not little out there, and it's not something that everybody does, but it's just right up there with praying. 
Well, yeah, you know, you're sitting there praying to somebody that you don't even know exists for sure. And you're saying things like, Lord, grant me the strength. And that's Mm, basically what it's doing. It's saying it's not saying that you expect one day you're going to wake up a millionaire or you expect your dream job to just call tomorrow. It's saying that you're asking for these things to be put in your path. Yes. So that you can have the option to work towards them. Exactly. That's what it's saying. So that's what he's doing here. If You know, just throwing that out there. Nope, I so agree. in 1949, Hubbard began writing what would ultimately become Dianetics, the curriculum used in the Scientology teachings. Leading up to the, this point, he had actually been pretending to be a lay practitioner in a psychiatric c- clinic, Shh. which is like a, like a, he was like volunteering to be a doctor. Yeah, know. without a freaking license. Yeah, and but he wasn't actually doing it. Right. He was just but, saying he was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but this like, is dude, what's you, wrong with this guy. He's he such just a, creates he, these I, lies and then has I to live in them. I don't even know if you could say he's a good liar because when you look back on it, you're like, homeboy, you nuts. But at the time, people were eating this shit up, man. Yeah. All right, hold on. All right. The basic premise of Dianetics, quote, was that the brain recorded every experience and event in a person's life, even when unconscious. Bad or painful experiences were stored as what he called engrams in a reactive mind. By carrying out a process he called auditing, a person could be regressed through his engrams to re-experiencing past experiences. This enabled engrams to be cleared. This is basically the concept of spiritual ascension, when one clears the spirit of the ego and learns to live as spirit in a vessel and not a vessel within a spirit or with a spirit. This is very common practice in modern day spiritualism and is the ultimate goal of meditation. This is called Zen. This is what I do. Zen, yeah. This is living in now and not allowing the mind to control you. Yes. You control the mind. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing, but he's putting all these words to it. He's exactly. making up the words and the vocabulary. Dude is... And then he's making up this auditing thing. He's crazy, <sighs> man. There's a... This is a lot, dude. <laughs> the, the level of crazy this man is. I mean, but... Yeah, this is nuts. It just like, gets worse. It just gets oh, worse. Oh, I know. <laughs> When it was released in May 1950, Dianetics was a roaring success. It sold 55,000 copies by August and was considered a nationwide cult of incredible proportions. That's a quote. Quickly into the success, 500 auditing groups had been set up across the U.S. That's equivalent to having nine in each state. Huh. While it was having a raging success with sales across the country, scientists and medical professionals were not impressed. However, I will I will point out that at this point, nothing really bad was happening. He was just selling a book mm-hmm. and people were taking the information in the book and applying it to to their lives. These auditing sessions yeah. like like I could have got a book and been Which, like I'm going to set up an audit- auditing station. Well, and you know what? Like I a actually franchise. Ha- I actually have um, Scientology.org pulled up, and mm-hmm. it says the goal of auditing is to restore beingness and ability. Yeah. 
So that's which is when it's you break not a it down. Bad, yeah, no, it's not. When you break it down, it's not a terrible thing. It's what comes after. After, yes, yeah. Okay. The American Psychological Association criticized Hubbard's claims as, quote, not supported by empirical evidence. The problem was he was claiming everything in Dianetics as science and not what it really was, a belief system with absolutely no evidence of its accuracy. It's one thing to have a religion and claim it as a religion and not know for sure. I mean, that's what Christianity is. That's what every religion is. You don't know for sure. Yeah, There's no solid proof. But this guy is sitting here trying to say this is a science. You can't just introduce new science. Well, there's a checks and balances thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's, you know, you have to form your hypothesis and prove things Mm -hmm. before it can be Yeah. You don't just all of a sudden walk outside and start screaming about science and there it is. That's what it is. Yay, science. I win. Yay. I I made new science, guys. Look at this. Yeah. Let's for a moment. Let's talk about how L. Ron Hubbard talks also. Oh, God. Why? (sighs) Have you ever seen this fucker talk? Yeah, well, I I mean, like I said, I've seen, you know, some video and stuff. It's disgusting. I just can't remember. Like, it's how- like he has really fucked up teeth and he's constantly like, you know how Donald Trump makes his lips go out? Yeah. That's how he like constantly oh. talks. Oh, oh, oh. His, you got- his like lips are like moving around his teeth. You need to rec- And he has, like, really post- wet Ew. mouth. No, yeah. stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not joking you. I have whatever it is. It's called a, like, is it misophonia? I don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. But sounds. Like, people chewing. That's okay. It's not real anyways. But, yes, it is a yes, thing. Yes, yeah. it is. The, the, like, the misophonia is not a actual phobia that's listed in in the, D- the ID dsm5 or whatever yeah. or any of that but it is an actual like it's yeah. an it's anxiety it's not it, actually a, oh it's i weird. know yeah. but holy shit dude like even my I sister when she sneezes i'm like what i'm like and i'll look at her actually anybody else sneezing i look at them and they're always like sorry it's like i can't <sighs> handle it that or like somebody drinking like chugging a thing of water next to me i get uh-huh. so irked i'm like get the fuck away from me or like podcasters that have a lot of mouth noises like us well i don't think ours are that bad oh. i try to edit out i edit out I, a I lot thought, of ours i thought i thought you were pointing at me <laughs> no i wasn't no no are you mean there like, are a few you like this <sighs> Like when they like, I know I've been guilty of eating during podcasting, but that's because like my sugar drops and I have to eat, and it's not Mm -hmm. as simple as just like eating and waiting a few minutes. Um, But you edit like pretty well. I try to edit it out as much as I can, and I try to make sure that when I do take a bite, you're talking, Mm -hmm. and then I wait until I'm done eating. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, we gotta get back on track. Why? What did we talk about? Why? Why? Oh, God. We are not even close to being done with this. <laughs> I know. Okay. We, so we the are New not Republic good at call- this. This is bad. The New Republic called it a, quote, bold and immodest mixture of complete nonsense and perfectly reasonable common sense, which is accurate. <laughs> a fellow writer, Isaac Asimov, called it, quote, gibberish. And Jack Williamson called it, quote, a lunatic revision of Freudian psychology also not wrong in my personal opinion had hubbard stopped at the finding yourself part of the religion things would have been fine and it's hard for me to say that things weren't fine after that 
for mm-hmm. him and his devout followers anyway. The corruption started almost immediately, though. Hubbard lost lost all credibility when the money started flowing, and it's impressive that none of his followers saw that, but I suppose it's pretty hard to see through to the other side of a storm when you're standing in its eye. Right. People were loving Dianetics, and Hubbard knew it, so he affixed a hefty price tag onto courses for them to learn the way of Dianetics. As we know from Hubbard's past, he wasn't really good with money. So, of course, as soon as the money started rolling in, it also started rolling right back out. But as long as the money kept coming in, who cared, right? Right. Dianetics was a success. People believed Hubbard had found the true end to psychological problems. That's what Dianetics had been spun as, a psychological self-help book. How to get to peace. How to stop the stress and anxieties of the everyday but let's dive deeper into Dianetics itself. In Dianetics... That was pretty. Wow. Okay. In Dianetics... Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Oh, my God, girl. I will prevail. Wow. (laughs) You crack me up. Stop making fun of me, you guys. Stop. <laughs> In Dianetics, there the conscious or reactive mind is described as a collection of mental image pictures which contain the recorded experience of past moments of unconsciousness. This includes all sensory perceptions and feelings involved. This can include anything from present day events to prenatal experiences. Yes, prenatal. It can even oh. cover past lives and events occurring in extraterrestrial cultures. Say that ten oh. times fast. Extraterrestrial. The cultures. Yeah, put cultures. the fucking extra word on the end of it. Sorry. The general idea is just as in modern day spiritualism, the spirit, or Thetan, Thetan as it's later called in Scientology, mm-hmm. has lived through many lives. However... Dianetics leads one to believe that events that occurred in past lives can still hold water in the current life. Dianetics identifies two parts of the mind, the reactive mind and the analytical mind. The reactive mind is thought to absorb all pain and emotion and and emotional trauma, while the analytical mind is a rational mechanism which is responsible for consciousness, wokeness, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. The reactive mind is where all these bad memories and thoughts are stored. These are called engrams, and they're bad. We don't want engrams. We must clear our minds of these, which is very similar to what meditation does. Meditation is the process of learning to clear the mind of bad thoughts and energies that do nothing but bring us down and cause unnecessary stress or anxiety. To, the, to clear these engrams from the mind, Hubbard has invented a method called auditing. Auditing is basically a therapy session using tin cans. Yes, tin cans. Mm. If you take a peek on our Instagram and scroll through this week's photos, you'll see an image of an e-meter. This is the device Hubbard invented, quote-unquote, to assist, assist auditors in Dianetic auditing. A person that has engrams, known as a pre-clear, holds two devices that look exactly like tin cans and answers the questions from the auditor, who essentially acts as a counselor. The tin cans are connected to a machine that measures a person's galvanic 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 Uh skin response which is something similar to a polygraph test however a polygraph test uses a lot of electrodes to get a better reading on the person's overall system which produces a much stronger electromagnetic response on the machine that the person is attached to the e-meter just gives like little yeah yeah 
It is believed that once a pre-clear is deemed clear, they, have be they will become more successful in their lives and become healthier with less stress and even have better communication skills. These are all things that can also be attributed to someone that has mastered a spiritual awakening and, and the art of meditation and Zen. However, while this seems like a fantastic thing that can ultimately bring peace to someone's life, there is a lot of controversy around the methods that are used. During an auditing session, the auditor asks a series of questions to the pre-clear. When an auditor asks the pre-clear a question, they watch the e-meter for a charge or a response. Just like when a polygraph test is conducted, the tester asks questions and watches the meter for a response from the subject. Mm -hmm. In the case of Dianetics, the auditor asks these questions until the e-meter stops showing a response from the pre-clear. They are essentially using this as a polygraph test, but instead of simply proving that the preclear is lying or hiding something, the auditor is tasked with helping the preclear admit to the lies or hidden information in order to release the engram from their mind. Once the e clear or once the emitter emitter meter <laughs> once the e-meter stops showing a charge, the preclear is considered clear. Okay. There is a code of conduct, conduct that auditors must follow, but it's pretty standard fare against amongst any like medical or scientific mm -hmm. community. Don't force an outcome. Don't use the information against the person, blah, blah, blah. Here is a 10-step guide to how an audit is conducted. Oh, that's Number funny. One. I got mine right here, the auditing Do session. You? Number one, the auditor assures the pre-clear that he will be fully aware of everything that happens during the session. Two, the pre-clear is instructed to close his eyes for the session, entering a state of Dianetic re reverie, signified by a tremble of the lashes. During the session, the pre-clear remains in full possession of his will and retains full recall thereafter. The auditor installs a canceller, an instruction intended to absolutely cancel any form of positive suggestion that could accidentally occur. This is done by saying, quote, in the future, when I utter the word canceled, everything I have said to you while you are in a therapy session will be canceled and will have no force with you. Any suggestion I may have made to you will be without force when I say the word canceled. Do you understand? Four, the auditor then asks the preclear to locate an exact record of something that happened to the preclear in his past. Quote, locate an incident that you feel you can comfortably face. Five, the pre-clear is invited by the auditor to, quote, go through the incident and say what is happening as you go along. 6A, the auditor instructs the pre-clear to recall as much as possible of the incident, going over it several times until the pre-clear is cheerful about it, which basically means that the e-meter stops yeah. showing. When the pre-clear is cheerful, this is 6B. When the pre-clear is cheerful about an incident, the auditor instructs the pre-clear to locate another incident. Quote, let's find another incident that you feel you can comfortably face. The process outlined in steps 5 and 6A then repeats until the auditing session's time limit, usually two hours or so, is reached. 7. The pre-clear is then instructed to, quote, return to present time. 8. The auditor checks to make sure that the pre-clear feels himself to be in present time, i.e. not still recalling a past incident, so they yeah. stop thinking about it. Nine, the auditor gives the pre-clear the canceller word, quote, very good, canceled. Ten, the auditor tells the pre-clear to feel alert and return to fullness, full awareness of his surroundings. When, quote, when I count from five to one and snap my fingers, you will feel alert. Almost five, like four, a hypnosis-y type thing. Yeah, 
which mm-hmm. it doesn't seem nefarious to me. It's, you know. This part, no. No. Dianetics, is also, blah, blah, blah. Dianetics also uses a method called abreaction therapy, which is the process of reliving an experience to purge it of its emotional excess. Think of it as a catharsis. The idea is that you relive the emotional trauma or event and help yourself come to terms with it. These are the things that were going on between May and August of 1950. But in August, Dianetics collapsed. During this month, Hubbard gave a presentation in front of an audience of 6,000 people. He introduced a clear named Sonia Bianca, a university physics major, and he told the audience that as a result of undergoing Dianetic therapy, she now possessed perfect recall, which means you can remember anything. Mm Mm-hmm. However, when tested, Bianca failed to recall a single physics formula or even the color of Hubbard's tie when he turned his back to her. At that point, a large portion of the audience got up and left. Oopsie daisies. Almost immediately, Hubbard's supporters started to question the validity of Dianetics. Fuck my mouth right now. Don't fuck my mouth. I'm sorry, that was a bad one. (laughs) They realized that perfection wasn't really attainable at the level in which Hubbard had claimed. Dr. Winter, a one-time supporter of Dianetics, divulged that he had never seen a convincing clear. He said, quote, I have seen some individuals who are supposed to have been, quote, clear, but their behavior does not conform to the definition of the state. Moreover, an individual supposed to have been clear has undergone a relapse into conduct which suggests an incipient incipient psychosis by the end of 1950 the foundation was in financial crisis and by the following summer all of the branches had closed and again hubbard was found to be having an affair with a much younger woman which crumbled his current marriage he likes to get around i think she was 18 what hubbard yeah hubbard even went so far as to claim his ex-wife and her new-to-be communist infiltrators i totally blasted that sentence hubbard even went so far as to claim his ex-wife was a communist infiltrator no yeah what the Mm -hmm. hell homeboy was a hot mess he then essentially kidnapped his wife sarah and his one-year-old daughter and took them to san bernardino where he unsuccessfully attempted to have sarah declared insane by a doctor he ultimately let Sarah go, but somehow managed to keep his daughter and took her to Cuba. In April of 1951, within a divorce suit, he acu- she accused him of bigamy, subjecting her to sleep deprivation, beatings, strangulation, kidnapping, and ex- exhortations to commit suicide. So we tried to convince her to commit suicide. Jesus. In June of... 1951, she was reunited with her daughter, and Hubbard's name was slandered in the newspapers. In the same month, Sarah agreed to sign a statement written by Hubbard, which read, quote, The things I have said about L. Ron Hubbard in courts and the public prints have been grossly exaggerated or entirely false. I have not at any time believed otherwise than that L. Ron Hubbard is a fine and brilliant man. I just fucking threw up in my mouth. <laughs> no, you had a verp. <laughs> Oh no! That what he he wrote that or because and made of that her sign it so that he oh. could get it, she could get a divorce. <laughs> I thought 
<laughs> he said that because you literally like had one of those vomit burps. <laughs> no, I don't burp. That's true. That's right. That's right. But do but do you think L. Ron Hubbard and Trump would be besties right now? Oh God, Hubbard yes. Fuck yeah. Oh yes. Oh, one hundred percent. Because I wonder both if they knew each other. Both arrogant and full of themselves. After the rise and fall, another attempted rise and fall, and a new marriage to an 18-year-old, Scientology was born. Dianetics, oh, sorry, quote, Dianetics is all about (laughs) releasing the mind from the distorting influences of engrams, and Scientology is the study of handling the spirit in relation to itself, universes, and other life. The Church of Scientology believes that man is most fundamentally a spiritual being, also known as a thetan. However, non-Scientologists strongly believe that his real motives were to reassert control over his creation, that he believed he was about to lose control of Dianetics, or possibly that he wanted to ensure he would be able to stay in business if the courts eventually awarded control of Dianetics to Don Purcell. At this stage, Scientology was not considered a religion whatsoever. It was a construct on spirituality. Scientology was an expansion of Dianetics and that it aimed to rehabilitate people from their ego, but they used all these silly made-up terms. Yeah. Scientology, yeah, the the words are just like... Yeah, it's like, come on, guys. That's too much. (laughs) It is too much. At this stage, Scientology was not considered... Oh, I already read that. Fuck off. Scientology was growing. Hubbard explained the E-meter as having a mystical power. That would, quote, reveal an individual's innermost thoughts. Okay, anybody that says this mystical power shit, I'm out. Yeah, fucking crazy. It was also around this time that he wrote A History of Man, which is described as a cold-blooded and factual account of our last 60 trillion years, according to Hubbard. Okay. (laughs) He also wrote Scientology 8-8008, which Hubbard is quoted as saying, with this book, the ability to make one's body old or young at will, the in, the ability to heal the ill without physical contact, yeah, the ability to cure the insane and the incapacitated is set forth for the physician, the layman, and the math the mathematician and the physicist. Basically, Hubbard was spewing nonsense, so someone, anyone, would pay attention and just buy well, it. And that freaking podcast literally said that too. But it's just like the you know they're talking and they're like. Can't he be sued? Like, couldn't they be sued for this? It should be considered like a malpractice type thingy. You know, you think, like, but you, he's not a doctor. So well, he can. It, but and and they have him sign fucking paperwork. So you mm-hmm. can't do anything. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yep. When you join Silent Scientology, you literally sign paperwork saying that you agree to everything. That's so annoying. It's fucking nuts, dude. Okay. We've gotten so far into the story of L. Ron Hubbard, so let's take a quick break and we will dip our toes into what Scientology has become today and the subsequent controversies that have taken over its very tarnished image. Okay, so we traveled from 1911 with the birth of L. Ron Hubbard through the creation of Dianetics and finally to present-day Scientology. Scientology itself is a complex series of literature rules, and some pretty insane practices. It's impossible to cover everything that Scientology does, has done, or is in the process of doing. 
So we're going to cover the basics of what we're seeing now in the present day, and some serious allegations will come later. When I was a teenager, personally, I thought Scientology (laughs) was a study of science and the religious belief that science is the end-all, be-all of the world. Right, yeah. Yeah, my idea felt legitimate and substantial, but this was way before we had the internet, so I didn't look it up. And I I was a teenager, so I wasn't going to go to the library and look. I wasn't that concerned. Right. So to say I was shocked to learn the the truth of Scientology, it just... I, that's like an understatement. I mean, it makes my head spin how far off I was. <laughs> right. It's so. It's, yeah, I. It's just insane. It it really is the 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 lengths that he has gone to to create this fucking shit. Okay, <laughs> we fucking do shit. owe a lot to Leah Remini and her bravery. She was, I think she was born into Scientology, and she actually managed to get, like, the vast majority of her family out of it, and now she's just fucking sharing everything. So, thank you. This stuff just baffles me. But I love her. I love her. I'm so glad. She's amazing. I Like, just the fact that she was able to do what she did, and I... I give her major props. Uh-huh. And she has really nice hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, Scientology is complicated. So, I'm going to try to explain it the best I can. And if you get lost, pause it and go look it up. But right. beware the rabbit hole. You will easily slip in. Careful. Just real careful. So let's say that you wanted to join Scientology today. I really hope you have a lot of money because right out of the gate, you're going to be uh-huh. giving almost all of it to the church. Yep. In order to become a Scientologist, you need to complete a course called the Bridge to Total Freedom. To do this, you need to pay about $4,000 for the 12 books that are required to work through the courses. Subsequently, each course costs about $650. Keep in mind, every single time the higher-ups decide to update the book, you have to buy them all over again. And you have to do the courses all over again, too. It's not like you get a discount because you've already done it. You have to pay for it all over. It's all 100%. You're paying the whole time. And they're not easy. They require members to sometimes study for over 12 hours a day. In addition to the courses, Scientologists are required to sit through auditing sessions, which cost, are you ready? No, God. $800 an hour. Jesus Christ. According to Leah Remini, these auditing sessions last a minimum of two and a half hours. That's And it's what? still done with the e-meter. Yeah. There have been no technological advances, advances here. And these auditing sessions can be conducted on children as young as six years old. Wow. But $800 well, an yeah, hour, because, you guys. Because, because in Scientology... You're not considered a child. You are treated oh, yeah, and punished the same as an that's adult. That's the next paragraph. Yep. 
Um, children that are born into Scientology religion aren't even viewed as children because the religion believes that each person is a thetan. Remember, like a spirit, basically. Yeah. They are assumed to be hundreds, if not thousands of years old eternally. So they're treated as such. Children are subjected to rigorous auditing sessions to bring out past transgressions and to clear them of these things that they honestly don't even remember, not to mention may not have even happened. But back to the adults. The dark side of auditing is something called the security checks or sec checks. Sec checks are administered on members who are suspected to be breaking a church rule, which is a complicated and lengthy list of things, or having doubts about the organization. All you have to do is like look at somebody sideways and they're like, sec check. These are grueling, long, pressure-filled auditing sessions where the auditor attempts and often succeeds at getting the member to confess to some sort of wrongdoing. Keep in mind, there isn't much punishment when it comes to Scientology. As long as you admit to the deed and are cleared of said deed, you can basically walk away unscathed. No law enforcement, nothing. Nobody else gets involved. It's all handled within the walls of Scientology. It's internal. You could literally kill somebody and get away with it so long as your auditor clears you. What? Oh, and don't forget, sec checks are also paid out of pocket by the member. Get your wallet out, folks. And how much was that one, did you say? $800 an hour. Wow. And also, just because you clear the bridge doesn't mean you're done obviously that wouldn't be much fun would it hells to the (laughs) now just like the books the courses are also updated often they're constantly inventing new things and requiring members to complete new tasks former member mary khan who was interviewed by leah remini and other former Scientologist mike rinder told the pair that she repeated the bridge multiple times herself but she ultimately became fed up with the constant pressure to pay more and more fees She also discovered a fellow Scientologist charged her credit card without her permission, and he allegedly did it because he needed to meet his financial goal for the church. Pyramid scheme, anyone? Wow, that's insane. If you want to officially complete the bridge, good luck. You'll actually have to live on a ship called the Free Winds for as long as the church says you have to. Mary Kahn lived on the ship twice, and she said she was subjected to intense sec checks while on board. These sec checks lasted hours, and she was often sent back to her room crying. There is even more. There is more to this disturbing church. Mike Rinder, the other half of the Remini team, used to be the international spokesperson for Scientology. He obtained his title after about 20 years with the organization and held the position for two decades. According to Mike, when someone spoke out against the church, it was his job to discredit and destroy them. So he he's was the tasked... guy on the podcast. Yes. Okay. Yep, 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 he yep. Was, he was tasked to do anything and everything to silence, silence or actually literally destroy them. This included, but was not limited to, unlawful surveillance of homes, rummaging through ter- trash, tapping phone lines, you name it, they did it. 
Going back to L. Ron Hubbard real quick. In the 1970s, Hubbard actually went into hiding because of all the questionable things his church was doing to non-Scientologists. Imagine a religion that essentially condemns anyone that doesn't believe in that religion, and then the members of that church going above and beyond to destroy the lives of those people. It's horrible. This stuff was happening since the beginning of Scientology. Hubbard had this ideal of what life should be like, and he believed anyone that didn't accept what he said to be fact was essentially a bad person. Because of this, he ultimately went into hiding and lived on a boat. Leading up to and after moving on the boat, he maintained contact with the church and conducted his business regularly. During the 70s, he was tried and fought guilty on multiple charges in multiple countries, most of them involving money. Imagine being so wealthy from basically running a cult and then having to go into hiding because of it. Some idea of a good time. Not uh, at all. No. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. But Ooh, people are idiots. Money so. I can't do anything with it. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you look up images of the Com- Commodorus Messenger Org... Those are the nitwits that followed him around and did his bidding on this ship. You'll see that everyone dressed are in outfits like this, like very similar to U.S. military regalia. To me, it's oh. pretty indicative of Hubbard's obsession with the Navy and a Navy. Yeah, and I think that, that seems that to lot... be like a recurring theme for him. Yes, when you think about everything that I've said and you go back and tie it, you can tie it into the things that he did in his younger years. It all mm-hmm. kind of comes back around. Yeah, okay. it, it, back. it's weird how it just ties all in. I don't know. It, it it says to me that Hubbard loved to hear himself talk, and he was really good at spinning a story and making him sound, himself sound really cool and just getting people to listen, and he ran with it. Right. He has no expertise in anything. No, he nothing. Just, he failed he, at so many things, He, he failed miserably. He just hears things, and then he just does what he wants oh. with them. It's fucking incredible. But, okay, well, back to modern-day Scientology. Okay. Uh, Hubbard wrote a policy called Fair Game into the bylaws of the church. Fair game is basically the church's way of getting away with anything they do to the church's enemies. The things I mentioned before, like spying on people and such— They even harassed people publicly. You can actually look up videos online of Scientologists harassing the church's enemies. These Scientologists do this comfortably and without fear of discipline from the church itself because of the fair game clause in the rules of Scientology. Do a quick Google search of Scientology fair game and you'll find a lot of information and exact terminology. The church, however, claims that the fair game doctrine has been canceled. But there yeah, is right. evidence to show that it's still in practice today. And why would we believe anything otherwise? I, I mean, seriously, I, they, I, what was it that they were saying about it? Shit. Um, it's just it's just worded differently, you know, because they think fair game, you know, they automatically associate with something negative and somebody's coming to get you, blah, 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 blah. So they call it something else. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, the entire thing is nuts. But why stop there? Since Mike Rinder left the church, he and his current wife believed that Scientology purchased the home across from them in order to spy on the family. And he has quite a bit of proof that this is true. Do some Googling and you'll find it. He believes that there's a camera in a bird's 
a birdhouse facing his house. And he's actually seen a woman outside recording his house. Oh. Oh, yeah. There's even a detention center on the Scientology grounds in Hemet, California, which is used to house high-ranking members that have displeased the current leader, David Miscavige. Members have been sent here for numerous ridiculous reasons, from not answering a question or even looking at Miscavige incorrectly or falling asleep after being awake for literal days. Anything, you go in the hole. Yeah, that's just... Good Mm -hmm. Lord, it's just torture. It is. Miscavige has also been accused of being violent towards members, and if my memory serves, there is a video of evidence of some of this. However, David is a quote-unquote smart man and tends to do his bidding in complete and total privacy. That being said, it is sad that he had a few... It is said that he has a few cronies that will beat the shit out of people. And again, if my memory serves, Mike Rinder used to be one of those people. Mm. And it is important yeah, to Yeah, and because he Mike said Rinder he did... He did say he did some not-so-awesome things. Bad things, yeah. Yeah. And he is very remorseful of it. He has cried on camera about this shit. He is not proud of it. Well, and even on the podcast, you can hear it in his voice. Yeah, he's a very sweet man. And and it's it's hard to stay mad at him because he was brainwashed into this. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all brainwashing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to stay mad at him, especially when he's trying so hard to make big changes. Yeah, and he's one of those, like, really hot old guys, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we wrap up this, the end of part one, I want to briefly, as briefly as we can, go over some of the internal branches of the church. First is the Sea Org, or the Sea Organization. Mm -hmm. This branch includes about 5,000 members and is comprised of the highest-ranking Scientologists. These are the people who have completed the bridge and have completed the bridge and completed the bridge, and they're just, like, totally well-versed. And Uh they they work for extremely low pay and actually sign a billion, with a B, billion-year contract. Jesus. This is headquartered in Gold Base, California. What I don't understand is how they're getting paid so low and able to... like financially support doing well anything. they because they get their tax ex- oh tax exempt status no i mean like the people like the the oh the individuals in the the mem- yeah right. they get paid so low but then they're still paying for auditing and courses and stuff yeah but I don't, yeah but anyways I don't know, this man. is it's kind of like a monkhood in a way and from what i understand this is where all the new information comes from so like the updated courses and all that stuff this is what they do that's what they do Mm -hmm. i think and then there's the rehabilitation project force or rpf it's an extremely controversial part of scientology when a sea org member is found guilty of a violation they are assigned to rpf which gives them a daily regimen of five five hours of auditing or studying um eight hours of work like hard labor Uh and at least seven hours of sleep and remember those auditing sessions aren't free that's like four thousand dollars a day worth of auditing sessions that's so insane again how do they pay for that if they're being paid low i just it's so some say rpf is voluntary and others say it's coercive but it's really hard to say i would probably go on the coercive part of it that's just insane, man. Like, mm-hmm. 
The Office of Special Affairs, or OSA, formerly the Guardian's Office, is a department of the church that targets critics of the church for dead agent operations. This is essentially character assassinations. These assholes take whatever information they can gather on an enemy and then use it to slander their name publicly. I'm not entirely sure what the goal of this behavior is because it sure isn't going to get someone to come back to the church. Like, at all. I don't understand it. No. It's like, uh, the only thing that I can think is that they do it to prevent, like, to say, hey, if you say this about what we did to you, we're going to help, you know, blackmail you with this. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They're getting people to uh, come out with their deepest, darkest things. So, I mean, if you fuck them over, they're going to be like, guess who's going to find out about this, and Jenny? And all, everything in the auditing sessions is recorded. Yeah. I'm not mm. sure if I mentioned that. It is all recorded and it's supposedly kept in secret. But that's the kind of shit that they're coming out and saying. If you go public with what we did to you or what happened with those people, we've got this whole fucking file on you. Yeah. We're going to tell them I, God, everything. that's like, how can that not scare somebody? That's incredible, dude. Um, then there's the Church of Spiritual Technology, CST. This is described as the most secret organization in all of Scientology. This is the branch of the church that owns all the copyrights to the materials and the bulk of Hubbard's estate. This is also where the work of preserving the work of Hubbard is done. Apparently, this fucking twat waffle wants his work to be inscribed onto stainless steel tablets, which are then encased in titanium capsules inside of specially constructed vaults all over the world. Imagine being so fucking full of yourself that you actually have people do this shit for you. Oh, well, and that's that's the thing. It's, uh, you know, with these type of people with cults and and, mm-hmm. and everything else, they're almost all the time narcissists. So, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. good Lord, dude. Yep. Wow. It is also important to note that Shelly Miscavige, Miscavige, Miss Shelly Miscavige, I can always, <laughs> Miscavige, Miscavige, I don't know, the <laughs> wife of the current leader, hasn't been seen in public since 2007 and she's said to be being held here and we will get into that in the next episode Ooh, Mm -hmm. that's gonna be good yeah there are also many franchises and advanced organizations within scientology imagine a mcdonald's of religion if you will these franchises are allowed to operate under the scientology name and brand as long as they follow the teachings and the rules and contribute portions of their name their income to the main church then wow. there is Narconon, a Scientology organization that promotes the theories of Hubbard regarding substance abuse, treatment, and addiction. Criminon is an offshoot of Narconon, which introduces Scientology practices to criminal offenders. Applied Scholastics was founded in 1972, and it teaches Scientology to, to K-12 students. Delphi Schools, which is basically a Scientology K-12 program, operates numerous private schools throughout the u.s so narconon and criminon are basically like they go into jails and they try to recruit yeah prisoners yeah to convert and be like saved basically it's just Um, insane Reports and allegations have been made over the years by journalists, courts, and governmental bodies that claim, quote, the Church of Scientology is an unscrupulous commercial enterprise that harasses its critics and brutally exploits its members. Guys, we've barely scratched the surface 
on the corruptness of this church. And I'm not yeah. putting quotes around church because it's technically registered as a tax-exempt church within the United States, something that was widely celebrated when it was done. So next week, we're going to dive deeper into the absolute nastiness of this church, as well as current allegations and charges against some very well-known celebrities. And I do want to say, if there's anything that I've misrepresented in my research, please reach out and let me know. Also, feel free to send in anything I may have missed that you feel is important to mention, as well as any stories that you think I should share in our next episode. Our email to do that is cijspod at gmail.com. That is everything I have for today. Well, also, if Miss Leah Ramini wants to call in (laughs) and chat with us, we will gladly do that. (sighs) Yeah, that's probably about as likely to happen as me dating Post Malone. Hey, girl, you don't know. (laughs) It could happen. Which one, Post Malone or Leah Remini? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, can we be perfectly honest? They both could happen. I mean, how many episodes have I talked about Post Malone so far? Maybe if I just start putting Post Malone in the title. Posty. I think you just have to hashtag him and so he (laughs) can hashtag him. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah that's shit. uh yeah. Uh that's I I feel like it it was on a good path until money really started to be the Yeah. Well, and that's how it typically goes, you know. They say mm-hmm. money is the root of all evil. I mean, I don't buy it because if I had money, I'd be fucking pimp, but I'd be fucking pimp. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, hey. Oh, that's glorious. Yes. By the way, did mm-hmm. you see? Look, I got myself a moonstone ring. Look. Oh, that's cute. Is that totally fun? off topic, but great. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ADHD at work, y'all. Yep, there oh. it is. It's oh. it's made its presence known today. Absolutely. Do you notice? I, Not I, as I couldn't bad even. As most days. I couldn't even finish my Play-Doh wiener. So that's fine. <sighs> That's fine. I it kept you busy for like a half an hour. That's cool. It did actually. It did. So I'm I think if right you got here. if you got instead of Play-Doh, if you got their modeling clay, uh-huh. it's harder and it's not. Oh, yeah. It doesn't get as soft when you play with yep. it. But, <laughs> I will definitely have mm-hmm. to get some of that. Soft <laughs> <wieners>. <laughs> You. All right, people. Check the show notes for how to get in touch with us. Don't forget to pop over to the Instagram. There are going to be some pictures on there to uh, go along with some of the stuff that I talked. Um, yeah, and like I said, if you have anything to add or if I said anything wrong, shoot us an email, cijspod at gmail.com, and I will probably not respond, but I may publicly <laughs> respond. I don't know. We'll see. It depends <laughs> on what the fuck you have to say. Exactly. So we will see you next week with the conclusion of the horribleness of Scientology and why it is so important to be talking about it today. Adios, pichachos. Bye-bye.